podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Jenny. Hello. So we are still at this podcast thing. Yay. I was looking at our Ravelry form. So if you are on Ravelry and unfamiliar, there is a stash and burn group. They have still been operating even when we were not around. So thank you all for continuing to, to, uh, fight the good stash. Um, but we are really trying to record once a month and get an episode out to you, um, as best we can. Yeah. So, uh, so happy new year. Happy new year. Yay. Um, since we last recorded, Jenny, what have you finished? Um, I finished the hat I was working on the last time. So it was, um, a fingering superwash and a silk mohair held together. together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up knitting like a six inch rib brim, mm-hmm. two by two rib brim. And then I knit a stockinette top of the hat and then put a giant pom-pom on it. Nice. And that was my hat. It was humongous. Really? Like it was too big for my dad, but because my <laughs> hair is so poofy, it's like great for me. Perfect. So... It is great. It's like a hat that can only fit me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I think I was knitting the camp out mitts last time we recorded, and I finished those really simple, straightforward um, knit. And then um, since then, I finished another pair of mitts, the Nalu mitts. Mm-hmm. Um, and with I had, the wavy cable. With the wavy cable. I had yeah. knit them before and really enjoyed knitting them. And I would say, at least two years ago, I cast on for this pair of mitts to give to my beloved coworker for that Christmas. <laughs> and it, they were making me crazy. I was knitting it in that um, Manos silk wool, you know that? It's yeah. like a DK weight silk, yeah. silky wool. And it's like a it's single. A, it's a single. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the yarn was a gift. My dentist's wife had it, and she was like, I'm not going to use this, but I think you would use it. And I was like, oh, thanks, Leslie. And sometimes people give you crap yarn, you know, like the pe- person who tried to knit, or they get their like uh, collection of acrylics they had from when they were kids or mm-hmm. something. This is a beautiful yarn. It was, there was no way I was going to say no to it. It was mm-hmm. this variegated light blue and perfect color for my coworker. But for some reason, it was just giving me hassle to knit it and so um I had knit the first one and I just couldn't bear to knit the second one and I had then started the second one not taken any record of what needle I was using or (laughs) exactly I I knew where I was in the pattern because I was at the end of the rib and I just took a wild stab and couldn't find a pair of threes at the moment so I knitted on fours and they more or less matched (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. I finished them and gave them to her for Christmas. So that was a victory of getting rid of a long-held UFO. Of course, it did not use all the yarn. Um, I do have a new use for the ends of yarn. Yeah? Pom-poms. I like it. So um, recently I helped out at... um, like a craft fair, a holiday craft fair, and Adrian's school had a booth there, not because we were selling any crafts really, but just for visibility for the school because of the neighborhood school. 
Um, and we had a couple of things in our booth. We were selling greeting cards. We also had someone doing face painting, but, um, we also threw Black Squirrel Oakland. I talked to the owner, Chase Clark, and she said, oh, I'm friends with the woman who invented the loom tool. Have you seen the loom tool? I got that book. Yes, I have the book too. Yeah. And um, I hadn't really used it. Uh-huh. Oh, my, I don't want this to fall. Until Chase mentioned that she knew Velocity, mm-hmm. who is the inventor of the loom and mm-hmm. the author of the book, and that maybe V would want to be in our booth. And mm-hmm. she did. And so she came to our booth and she's so charming um, and so enthusiastic. And kids were super into using the loom. Um, it's this little tool, um, probably the original was laser cut or 3D printed. It's made out of wood and it holds, and I know there's lots of pom-pom tools out there in the world. I may not have said this. There, it's for making pom-poms, among other things. You can make mini wall hangings, tassels, make, uh, friendship bracelets. Friendship bracelets. Um, there's a there's a book on all the different things you can do with it. It's called Loom Party, and I've only made it for pom poms. And I know you can make your own pom pom maker or the clover pom pom makers, but I found this very simple to use. Mm-hmm. And when you see the tool, it is a very simple tool. It's U-shaped. There are little cutouts where you can uh, put the yarn into the cutouts and then you just wind and wind and wind and wind and wind, tie it in the middle tightly. And she had some great tips for tying. She has YouTube videos and, again, this book. And then um, you slip it off and then you just trim it. And um, she has tutorials of how to make a square pom-pom, how to make, like, a really tight, small ball pom-pom or bushy pom-poms. My favorite. I think she has these these tutorials for making kind of like like layer cake pom pom yeah. like things with tassels. She had a banana as a sample, <laughs> and she and Adrian made an eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball looked really cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, you saw us right yeah. after we were yeah. doing that. My favorite shape is the pine cone, which is sort of just a lopsided. So you trim it shorter at the top and you leave it. I can't shaggy explain at it. The it's bottom. like shaggy and it's gorgeous. Um, I made. Several, I think I made about 35 pom-poms to make a, um, garland. a garland, and it was for the booth, but I was like, I put a lot of work into that. That garland is mine. I'm not leaving it here. So it's now a Christmas garland for our house, and it's all in blues and grays, and Ooh. I really enjoyed it. It was very relaxing. So I did that after, like, in between making the mitts, and it's a great use of that partial Extra ball yarn. of yarn. Yeah. And what I really found is like mixing yarns together. So getting three, like I had three different greens and I held them together. Um, And it's just a really cool, fun, relaxing hobby. So if you can get your hands on a loom tool, um, I think they're like 10 to $12 each. And she sells these kits. I bought one from one of my nieces uh, for Christmas. I actually should check in with them and see if they've tried to use it. I like Um, the book. And... um... You know, uh, we follow the woman Buku who does uh-huh. all of the needle, um, the punch, needle? the punch needle mm-hmm. work, and she has a project in there. So that's how I first heard about it because I saw it on her Instagram. Cool. Um, and I was like, "Huh, this looks like something Matilda would really like to do." Yeah. Um, and I haven't done it with her yet, but <laughs> Adrian loves it. Yeah. And what V said at the holiday fairs was she was really charmed by how much the kids and their parents were into it. So people stopped by and she's like, there were a bunch of dads there standing there making pom-poms and people had all these fond memories of making pom-poms when they were kids. So it, um, yeah, it, it's a really nice way and to use that extra yarn and 
do something other than knitting for yeah. a, like a nice little break. Yeah. So that was something I was doing this month. It is very satisfying to cut the pom-pom and then yeah. see this spherical thing emerge yeah. yeah i um we had like a big ceramic bowl and i was cutting it over the bowl to keep all the pom-pom clippings and i thought ooh, because i can't. stuffing exactly <laughs> that's exactly what i thought i was like what can i stuff with this <laughs> quick let's make a pillow my problem is that so we had this tasseled pillow that we got when we were in our trip to alaska mm -hmm. and it was like this hand-woven pillow and it had this like kind of Inuit design and mm -hmm. it had these gold tassels on each corner. And um, I have found that Matilda cannot resist pulling out the each strands hand. of the tassel. And so now <laughs> no. the pillow has one remaining tassel <laughs> and she does it without even thinking about it. So uh, she's like sitting there, mm -hmm. the pillow's right there and she's just like unconsciously pulling it. I'm like, I'm just going to have to cut that tassel off. Yeah. But um, I have a feeling that pom-poms might go a similar way. Yeah, she would just be pulling them out. Yeah. And you'd find pieces, little pieces of yeah. yarn everywhere. Yeah. Although maybe if she made them herself, she wouldn't feel compelled to pull them. I don't know. Hard to know. Well, when we last talked, we talked a lot about the Felix sweater by Amy Christophers. And yes. I believe you declared at the, on that episode, I'm going to cast on Felix next. Yes, and I did. She did. And now I'm almost done. And during the time, I remember now, while I was knitting the Nalu gloves, was because I was fussing over Gage uh -huh. uh, for the, on um, the yarn, the dyed for wool yarn. And um, what I finally came to, I think at the time I said I had swatched on sevens and I didn't want to go bigger and blah, blah, blah. And then I kept feeling like I was getting the same gauge no matter what needle I was on. And mm -hmm. And uh, some of our knitting friends were like, I guess that's just the gauge the yarn wants to be. And then I, I tried something that was atypical for me. I made a swatch in the round, since the sweater's knit in the round, mm -hmm. and I went up to a size 10 needle. And then I got almost gauge. I was, like, reluctant to go to the 10 and a half. I was yeah. like, I like it in 10s. I got 15 stitches over four, and I decided to go for it. In part because all the, this, all the sizes start out the same. Mm-hmm. So you start with... That is kind of like... I remember you texted me and you were like, wait a minute. Yeah, I was like, it did seem a little weird This for seems me. crazy, but it works. It does work, I will say, because I am me. I cast on four <laughs> more stitches. I was really afraid of the neckline just being too high. I, a too high neckline makes me bananas. Pom-pom uh -huh. bananas. <laughs> and... Um, so I cast on, I think, 88 stitches instead of 84. So I just, I had started with a few more stitches. And because of the difference in gauge, it seemed like that worked out. Um, and it's going great. I'm it looks so pretty and Jen velvety and squeezable. Jenny and I are having a, a two-person knit-along. Yes. I am... She's all on the, the way first sleeve. I'm on the first sleeve. I'm all the way through the body. I spent last night make, doing a tubular bind-off third time's a charm. I tried two <laughs> different methods. Finally, like hit on basically separating out the stitches and doing a kitchen, a regular Kitchener bind off. It was too confusing for me to try to do it from one needle. I, it was breaking my brain and making me want to literally, I was like, nobody speak to me. Go away. <laughs> Not right now. Mommy's thinking. And, uh, once I got it to do the Kitchener, I just, it zoomed by. 
I am nearing the end of the second sleeve. I would have finished this a week ago, but (laughs) I ran out of yarn. Um, I think that I had swatched long ago for the McAllen vest, and I lost that swatch. And then I swatched for Felix, and then I ran out of yarn at the top of the second sleeve, and I think that if I was able to locate the first swatch, I might have been able to, um, I might have been able to salvage and try to knit this thing in, in what I had, but I was like really a ways off from being able to finish. So I, uh, in a panic went on the Green Mountain Spinnery website and ordered two more (laughs) skeins of yarn. (laughs) And, uh, now I am almost done. And there, I, I do see, I can vaguely see, like, because I'm looking for where you switched the ball of yarn, I can see where you switched it. But if uh-huh. I were not, I bet you switched it right about here. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh, I feel it. Yep. yep. That's where you switched. Yeah. But I think a, to a non-knitter, that's not even yeah. a thing. And I, yeah, it's fine. And it's funny because I had purchased this the original yarn years ago. Mm-hmm. And so buying two skeins of the current Raven colorway, Green Mountain Spinnery colorway is incredibly consistent. Like, yeah, across the years. Yeah. Um, so, yay. Do you think you knit that McAllen swatch when you lived in San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, so it, yeah, yeah there's no... That, must have gotten lost must in the have move. must have gotten lost or in the move or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Oh my God, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and at the t- because I think yeah, the size you're knitting requires eight hundred and fifty yards, and the yardage you had was exactly eight hundred and fifty. Yeah. Had you had that swatch, I think you probably would have been able to do it. Yeah. Um, so that totally makes sense. And I think on the last podcast, I thought I only had seven hundred and fifty yards of dyed for wool, but I had like, I was thinking of it in meters, I guess. Oh. And when I t- did the calculations, it's like 825. And I'm knitting uh, sort of between sizes. <laughs> so I'm knitting sort of for the third size. I'm knitting this for the sec- the measurements of the second size by using mostly the numbers for the third size. Right. Except for the arms, I'm making smaller arms. So okay. I have smaller arms. Yeah. I'm doing the Maggie, making skinny arms. <laughs> I feel like the point of this thing is to just be kind of voluminous. Yes, and I think even the skinny arms are going to be fine. I, yeah. I, it's a crop sweater, which means different things. It's they're all knit to the same length too. That's the yeah. other thing. So cropped for one person is not cropped for someone else. This comes to right at my high hip, which I actually think is a fine location. I think for like the pants I'm wearing right now, mm-hmm. it'll hit. It'll hit right at the waistline, so I think it'll be fine. Perfect. A nice little layering piece to to have on my trip. Yay! Which, and of course, I this will be the um, as I was saying this will to Jenny earlier. This will be the second sweater I finish in New York in my brother's basement uh, in the last six months. Yay! Um, so uh, yeah, I hope to finish the first sleeve in the next couple days because we leave on Monday. Oh my God! I can't believe it. Yeah, so I've been really unpacking. I'm mostly packed. Adrian is totally packed. John is more or less totally packed. Mine is really coming down to some like last minute decisions, and of course, one of them is the yarn that I'm taking, which I thought was <laughs> settled. Um, you'll see my original edit of the yarn I was taking um, as the show note as the episode cover, 
And what I had in there are three balls of fingering to make the teakwood light cardigan. Mm -hmm. Three amounts of yarn for socks, three different pairs of socks. So two mustache um, self-striping. I I brought um, the Jin Ursu colorway. It's one of the Star Wars colorways. She's the heroine of uh, Rogue One, for those of you playing along at home. And then I bought for myself for Christmas the Denali colorway that she's mm. making for the national parks. I really loved it. And I, I like made sure, I think I was going somewhere that day and had to get up early anyway, but like I was sitting at my computer and I was like, bye, okay, <laughs> I'm getting this right now. Um, so I'm excited to knit that. It's really beautiful. There's like purples and greens and blues. It's just Yummy. Yay! Um, and then uh, those neon uh, minis that yeah. I bought at Rhinebeck, I'm bringing. I might uh, buy the, fl- unless I already bought it, the fluorite sock pattern, which is what we saw the sample of in oh. the booth. It's an um, Andrea Mowry faded pattern. Um, so it'll be nice for that. And then I have. Is a, there an accessory that doesn't have an as, a, accompanying like fade. faded pattern by Andrea? <laughs> no, I'm sure not. <laughs> Is there a fade hat? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. There's got to be, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Is there fade cowls. There cowls, shawls, a pullover, a cardigan, socks. There's got to be a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have a gradient from Huckleberry Knits that I bought at one of the Black Sheep Gatherings. The last one I went to, which was not this past summer, but the summer of 2018, that will be good for a shawl. A shawl. <laughs> Actually, yes, a shawl. <laughs> a, shawl ca- a shawl cowl or cowl or both. Um, and then the debated two skeins are two, excuse me, uh, skeins of uh, Surrey Alpaca merino blend that I got at Rhinebeck and mm. one is a beautiful like deep brick red eh, more of like a it's more red than brick red and then a um a nice teal so I was thinking about making bringing those because they could be bigger projects would be easier to knit mm-hmm. but I pulled it out on New Year's Day to show to to there were some knitters and some non-knitters there and everybody agreed that those two skeins could go I could take those two out and it would it would save some room yeah and adrian is going to bring knitting so i um i feel like between his knitting and what i packed so i'm packing all fingering weight which makes sense it's the i mean it's not lace weight like you suggested but it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of yardage for your for your weight yes and then you know something tells me they have yarn in 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 Europe. In Europe. I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> Someone mentioned uh, some yarn store, like a Mecca yarn style yarn store in Lisbon. Mm. Uh, yeah. Are Someone... you guys going to make it up to Paris? Maybe. Oh, because I know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we do, yes. Uh, that's where there's Bien Ami. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is in, in Paris. So um, I think I'll be good to not have like the that the only thing is that Adrian doesn't really have a scarf so part of me was like oh I should knit him a quick cowl <laughs> ah, how our brains work does everybody else do this other people do this you're gonna go to your brothers you're gonna finish Felix you're gonna be like you're gonna be happen to be walking by Brooklyn General <laughs> and be like I need this <laughs> and yeah. then you're just gonna whip something out in like a day or two actually what I should then do wear it on the plane Adrian wants to knit a hat, what I should have him do is knit a cowl. Yeah. 
for himself. Or a cowl that has like eyelets at the top that you can cinch. Yeah. He already is bringing a hat. The one I was like, really? That one? The hat I knit for you when you were six? Okay. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) Go for it. So I have plenty. I mean, it does seem like a lot, but I think without sewing and without the distractions of my day-to-day like life, I'll have, I'll be spending more time knitting. Yeah. Um, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast last time because it hadn't happened yet, but Matilda has lost her sweater. She had just, the, on the last podcast, <laughs> you talked about how much she loved the sweater and she wore it wet to school yes. one day. And that then, sweater has now been lost. That sweater is gone. Don't um, tell Matilda that we told you. She'd be very upset. Yes. She's very embarrassed and doesn't want anyone to know. So, therefore, I'm telling everyone <laughs> in this podcast audience. Sweetie. I know. And this morning she put on the felted, uh, you know, the butterfly cardigan I knit for her yes. last March. Got that it. got felted. And so now she has no hand knit sweater. So she put on like the, the shrunken butterfly cardigan. And she was Aww. like, I want this to stretch out. And I'm like, don't worry. I'm huh? going to make you another sweater. Um, and so... Tana's Fiber Arts always has this Boxing Day sale, uh-huh. and I always get sucked into it. And I woke up on the 26th, and um, I looked, and she hadn't posted anything yet. And I'm like, okay, it's all sold out already. Great! <laughs> Good news um, for me. So then I went to her website, and I was like, okay, then I will just intentionally buy... DK weight to make the I Heart Rainbows mm-hmm. to remake that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went ahead and put that order in. Mm-hmm. And that sweater is going to be so pretty. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, what is the base color? This blue. Mm-hmm. And then there is rainbow stripes. And then between two flanks of rainbow stripes are hearts. Mm. in red and pink in color work. So that is going to be amazing. And then I looked back at the the, um, Boxing Day sale on Etsy, and then it was populated. So I looked before she had posted it. And then all morning long, I, like, kept putting things in my cart and taking them out and putting them in and taking them (laughs) out. And um, Alma finally was like, how many sweaters worth of yarn did you say you had? <laughs> so I took everything out. And then I did not buy another sweater quantity on top of the Our Heart Rainbows sweater, sweater quantity. quantity. Good for you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Just exercising a certain amount of self-restraint, but not that much. <laughs> um, I would recommend that you also go online and buy some labels that you can use for Matilda's whole life. Just like knit for Matilda, love mom. And then like, you can get 50. With our address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. If lost, please return. I mean, she would appreciate it. I'm yeah. sure she would, you know. And it, yeah. Yeah. I think it's not a bad idea. I should do that. Yeah. Just put your, your address on, or phone, well, phone number, I mean, no. What what would be I bet phone number would probably be better than address right right put a phone number and then yeah. someone will call and then you can go pick it up whatever yeah. Yeah. it is because it's not going to be far from you yeah it's going to be like down the block or yeah someone found it at the park like 
Um, yeah, I think that she would feel better about that too. And especially if it like had her name on it, like it yeah. would make it feel special. Um, well, uh, you get to, uh, hi. Hi. Are you recording? Yes. I'll offer something to Jenny later. Okay. <laughs> uh, coffee? No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's early for John to be making his coffee. He's moving it earlier and earlier. Really? Yeah, he likes to drink coffee in the late afternoon. What? Uh, so, since we're telling stories about our family members, uh, I, John is pretty sure he has some form of ADHD, and that um, that that um, coffee caffeine helps him center. Huh. Um, so, and he like he will drink a cup of coffee and take a nap. That is just blowing my mind. Right? I cannot even imagine. I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've exclusively had to move all my coffee drinking to the morning. Um, and I've been, I love coffee so much. But there's, there's this part of me that's like, I am too jittery and on edge. Perhaps I should not be drinking coffee. <sighs> Decaf just sounds like giving up. Yeah. <laughs> I've quit coffee a couple different times and like I was able to do it. I mean, it was horrible headaches and yeah, yeah, you feel like crap for like Mm. a week and then, and then you're fine, but I missed it. Yeah. I love, I love the taste of coffee. Yeah. I think that the key is like today I had two cups and they were two just, they were literally cups of coffee. Yeah. I think if I can just stick with that and I think when I'm back at work, I actually drink just usually one bigger cup of coffee a day. I think I'm fine. That's what I usually do. I but, usually drink one mug in the mm-hmm. morning, and that's it. Yeah. And then if I'm really, like, at work and doing something super boring, then I'll get <laughs> another cup of coffee. <laughs> Luckily, my the work, the coffee at my work is it's fine. Like, it's better than no coffee, but it, I have to really, really feel desperate to want to yeah. drink like big industrial coffee. Yeah. Um, the benefit of being a coffee snob is that you really, it does ultimately minimize how much coffee you drink. So. Yay. Um, you did finish one other thing. Ooh, yes. So while we were on vacation, I, well, when I ran out of yarn on Felix, I was so sad. And so I cast on with this hand spun cashmere I got from Swoon Fiber Arts. Um, how did you discover Swoon? I think I was just searching for non-superwash yarns on Etsy and um, came across her because she does beautiful dye. Um, like, she has very unique kind of colorways. That in It's like a kind of more muted style. And you knit your first farmhouse? Or My your, second your farmhouse, farmhouse. Okay. out of her single non-superwash merino, mm. which is like great to knit with. And it's a, like a pink. It's like pinks and lavenders and it's whites. It's real pretty. And it's, like, not something that I would have picked for myself, but I just... No, but it's surprisingly neutral, too. Yeah. Yeah. So this that you have... So then I was looking at... And she also has a lot of, like, kind of unique um, fiber... um, Fiber choices in her yarns. And so I noticed that she had this hand-spun cashmere... Does she spin it? I don't think so. Okay. Um, But she dyes it. And, uh... $40 $40 a ball, which seemed like a pretty 
fair price for a hand spun. And it, what size needle did you knit it on? I knit it on an eight. Okay. And I made Zuzu's petals. It looks thicker than a worsted weight. Yeah. Just looking at it. It's thick thin and the thick is pretty thick. It's beautiful. Yeah, so I finished that, and then I cast on for a Hohi Locatelli three-colored cowl, um, and I'm using some old stash. I, I had gotten some long dog yarns in this Luke's alpaca, which uh-huh. is baby alpaca, cashmere, and silk, uh-huh. which is super soft. And um, I should show it to you, because the colorway of the bluish green is like called electric parakeet oh it's so pretty so there's like gray yeah there's this super bright like it's got neon like a pop of like a neon yellow green and then like a more minty green yeah beautiful so i'm using two of these alpaca luke's fingering weights and then i had this from a long time ago which is another hand spun cashmere oh my gosh that's right. That is intended to be knit in a cashmere, right? The three yeah. Cashmere. yeah. Yeah. So. So pretty. It's my next cowl. Nice. And then I was thinking that maybe I will make that. I'll just do knit alongs with you all year. Teakwood light. And make teakwood light out of my Elsa wall fingering. Yes. Yeah, so that will be the next sweater I cast on. I think I'm going to wait. So my plan is to finish Felix while we're in New York and also on our plane ride to New York I think I'll finish a pair of socks um also in mustache um it's a one of her it's called ooh scary it's a Halloween colorway I meant to finish it for Halloween and did not I cast them on when we were at Rhinebeck so they just need one heel and both of them need toes and um so that'll be a pair of socks I can wear while we're there and um so I intend to finish this before we get to New York, and I'll probably cast on a pair of socks, and that's probably what I'll cast on while there, and cast on Adrian, the ha- whatever Adrian's going to be knitting um, in New York, and I think I'll wait until we're settled a little bit in a couple weeks to teakwood. cast on Teakwood Light, so that will be like, start that sometime mid, yeah, mid-month, maybe later, maybe closer to the end of January, probably when you're hearing this podcast. Um, I will be starting to cast on. Um, so that's my only sweater project for a few months. And then I, I always have like in my mind, like what else, what I might knit. Um, oh, update. I found the Markley yarn. Yay! It was in a box, like under something <laughs> that I hadn't moved and there it was. So, uh, and then I relocated it and put it all together in a place where I think I will remember on a box labeled Barkley. So I will maybe resume that in the spring. I took notes about where I was and what, uh, what size needle I was knitting. <laughs> but I've also been thinking about um, the herbarium sweater. It keeps yeah, kind of like that's really turning pretty. around in my head. And I have a couple of possibilities. Um, I don't know what would be a better match. I have um, some fingering weight Cormo from Sincere Sheep, and I have, um, and you know that yarn, it's kind of, it's spun, but it it's kind of a more rustic spin. Kind of nubbly. And then the other yarn is a Tosh Sock, which is sort of a very different yeah. kind of yarn. More I don't smooth. Know. More smooth, so I'm not sure what, but that that's the distant future. That's just turning around. I think, I was thinking about using my yellow 
kind of variegated tannis that I bought years ago to um, make a confetti, like a mm -hmm. single colored confetti. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that might be my next cast on. And then after that, I will do teak wood. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's our knitting. Our update, plans. Our knitting plans. What have you sewn lately? I have not sewn a lot, but I've been thinking about sewing a lot. I made my mother-in-law a pair of pants because she's she finds it hard to find pants in her size. Um, and I used pants number one, mm -hmm. but I need to... She So she tried them on, and I need to raise the back by, like, three inches. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to think about how I can do that with the pants that I've already cut. Oh, because you just cut kind of like a yoke? Yeah. I think that's probably what I'll try, is to cut a yoke and then sew down the the elastic band part. Okay. So what I would do is take out the elastic band yeah. entirely. Yeah. I would make a separate waistband. Okay. Um, and use what's there mm -hmm. as the waist and then maybe make a small yoke that raises to the back like two inches and then put a waistband that's one inch okay. on top of that. Okay. I like the separate waistband. I yeah. think it gives you more options of how to fit. I didn't do that with the pants number one that I made for my mom, but I still have not made a pair of pants number one for myself. I was about to, and I instead made have apples. been fiddling with the ethyl pattern. Um, I think I talked about this the last time, um, and I can't remember now. I think I had was talking about what I was going to make or how I was going to make another pair. And I've made two pairs since the last podcast. I made one pair out of a rayon linen railroad stripe. It's, they're going to be super cute. They're going to be great for spring. And um, some of the modifications I made, I took some length out of the crotch, as I had said I was going to. I did not have quite enough fabric, so I had to do a... Directional. Design, a design element. So <laughs> I was able to get them a little bit below my knees, and then I added a, a panel below my knees to get the full length going the opposite direction. It ended up super cute. Um, uh, the There was still a lot of volume, but that fabric is very loose, um, very drapey. Uh, so, and they were too short, ultimately. So I tried to change things. Um, and I think I made the... I actually think I made the crotch... A little shorter than I wanted to. Uh, so on this version, the wool version, which I'm wearing, I'm gonna stand up so Jenny can see them. I I added some length back to the crotch and I added some length to the bottom, but still not quite enough okay. length to the bottom. They're a little on the short side. I only used a quarter of an inch and I added a panel to create the hem, okay. basically, which I had done on the first pair as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm still not adding enough length, which is funny because I'm short. Mm -hmm. So the idea that I still need to add length is I love those. Not uh not familiar to me. These have inseam pockets. I also adjusted it's an all-around elastic waist on the original Ethel. I made a flat front panel, which is funny because it has pleats at the top. And yeah. so you lose the pleats because it's the... gathered. Yeah. I actually took the pleats out as well. I okay. took the pleats out and made it totally flat front because that matches my favorite um Ready Japanese to wear pants. those Japanese pants are, yeah. are like this. They're totally flat across the hip. Mm -hmm. And then they actually only have elastic right on the sides. And then they're, they are um, 
again flattened the back with um, some pleats in the back. Huh. So this is fully elastic in the back, right? With a f- flat front and two inseam pockets. On the linen one, I have one inseam pocket and one side pocket on the outside. So I made those this month. I might try to make a pocket like. Do make a waistband for pants number one and then try to do a slash pocket that you sew the top into the like the waistband uh-huh. to stabilize it so it doesn't like drag. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing about like the inseam pocket is that it kind of tends to pull yeah, down. So this inseam pocket, the ethyl inseam pockets were placed really low and they're huh huge they're like twice as big as they needed to be. i noticed that because like i would i i just use the pockets as they're written and, and like my phone is like by my knee yes <laughs> totally so i slashed the pocket like on the pattern i made it like half the size half uh-huh. the depth and i actually raised it up pretty far so it's almost at the waistband it's pretty stabilized okay and i used a different i didn't use wool i used a cotton okay for the pocket the lining, the lining. um but yes, those the my original ethels like to get to my I have to like reach way down. It's super awkward. Uh, definitely a mod that will stick. Anyway, I think I like this. I did size down from a size ten to a size six. Wow. Um, and it's they're still pretty voluminous. So, um, I think this this could be my go-to pull-on pant. I I put it up next to the pant number one for the size I th- thought I needed to make, and. And took some notes, and I thought, why start over with pants number one when I know I can just, like, do this with Ethel and yeah. make some adjustments. So that uh, that that is a two things that I made. I also made three more T-shirts. I made uh, two rayon knits. One was a magenta rayon. Uh, I think it could be cotton, but it seems very thin. Um spandex I had forever it was a remnant I got at Piedmont Fabrics years ago I made leggings out of totally inappropriate for leggings but it's perfect for a t-shirt um I made this bright yellow cotton spandex t-shirt and then I got this other rayon knit at Stone Mountain and Daughters with um during their sale and it's gorgeous but those rayon knits they wear really hard like as soon as you wash them they do start to look worn. Yeah. So I imagine this will be a great shirt for the next few months, but I I don't I'm wondering about its longevity. The Lady McElroy um, rayon, I think it's like viscose crepe mm-hmm. knit, and it 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 wears, but it actually still looks fairly decent after mm-hmm. several washes. Um, the Cobra Corsage T-shirt. Um, that I made, I still wear constantly. It, it's like the color is slightly faded, um, but it still looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I think that something about that crepey, I don't know how they did that crepey texture to the knit, but mm-hmm. it helps it to not look so shabby after multiple washes. My goal is just to sort of wear every shirt once a week and maybe not have, I, I don't launder stuff mm-hmm. unless I need to. Yeah is really my goal for, you know, wear on the clothing. It doesn't, and this may be an anathema for some people, but your clothes don't necessarily need to be washed every time you wear them. Yeah. Um, I've even tried that with workout clothes because I figure I'm the only one who can smell what I smell like in workout clothes when I go running. And then, (laughs) um, 
just because of um, the microplastics that come off, like yeah. nylon running pants, I, I really try to not wash them more than once a week. Yeah. Um, so, um, so wait, that's the two pairs of Ethel pants, the three t-shirts, and then I made, I finally did it, and this is not going to be as momentous to podcast listeners as it is, it is to my IRL friends who had to hear me talk about it for 18 months. I made a pair of wool Burnside bibs. Yay! Burnside bibs is like my dream pattern. I uh, honestly like sketched a pair of overalls years ago and then within a couple of months that somehow seven released that pattern and it it's really a lot of the elements that I wanted. Yeah. And I had made them in linen and I wore them out so much that the crotch wore through, um, like I had rubbing on the inside and not, not one to be able to throw something out. <laughs> and it was, I discovered it right before we were going to Rhinebeck. I just patched the inside so that I could wear them. Um, and then sometime I think in November, I maybe, yeah, I think it was in November. I was upstairs at Stone Mountain and found this, uh, wool fabric, and um, they had about three and a half oh yards. Oh my god, it's left. so soft! And it was $13 a yard, it's like a heathery charcoal and but flannel. So it's interesting because this side that Jenny's looking at uh, that I made the pants out of this is the reverse. Yeah. This is the intended, it's like a herringbone, it's a herringbone. So the Burnside bibs I made out of the herringbone side, so there it is a charcoal but lighter charcoal, and mm -hmm. then the darker charcoal that's the inside, um, I had that as the public side of my ethyl pants, and so I was able out of three and a half yards to make a pair of Burnside bibs. I did the view with the side zipper, mm -hmm. which I really like. Um, I like the fittedness. There's not as much bulk um, on the back, back side. Yeah. Um, there is some, like, I actually think I could maybe size down the back a little bit if I wanted to, or if I wanted to make a, a, another structured pair, I'd probably, I could see myself making a denim pair after these. Um, it's just such a versatile look for the lifestyle that I have created. And it's not like for everybody, but it's definitely something it's I... It's definitely you. It's definitely me. Yeah. I can wear them to work. I can wear them on the weekends. It's like, it's the everything yeah. Object. So I'm really excited. I will be wearing those on the, every plane ride we take because they're the kind of the biggest item that I'm taking. Um, and I think, well, I thought that was it when I finished these second pair of Ethels. I was like, I'm done sewing for the next six months. And then I made three zipper bags. <laughs> <laughs> I made one for our passports. I made one for all of our charging cables. And I made, uh, I made a really nice one also out of this wool because I still have some left. Uh, for my iPad and keyboard. Nice. Yeah. I so. need to make some zip bags because I got this set of gel pen markers. Ooh. And I've just been keeping them in the plastic oh. thing. But, like, the plastic thing is falling apart and then the markers are all over my purse. And, um, so, yeah, I want to make, like, a pencil case, marker case oh, thing. that's a them. great idea. Oh, of course, now I'm thinking, oh, I should make one for Adrian for the trip. I finally thought of something. I finished the sewing. Oh. Um, the pajamas. Yes, you made your kids' uh, holiday pajamas. Yes. Which, Hugo got them. He opened them on Christmas, because I, like, wrapped them, because I didn't really get them that much stuff. Um, and... He was so happy. Oh. He, he, he kept them on for 48 hours nice. and refused to take them off. Nice. This was extremely gratifying. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Do you have, um, since I have no sewing plans for the immediate future, do you have sewing plans for the immediate future? Yeah. I kind of have my mind on using up some scraps. Um, and so I want to make some tote bags, mm -hmm. some zip pouches, and I should probably just piece together my scraps for the eventual sock blanket mm -hmm. <laughs> that I'm making. So I can make kind of a double-sided thing and with all socks and scraps. That'd be kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Wait, so the sock blanket, is this the thing where you're going to, like, socks with holes in them you're going to take yeah, apart? That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. So I've just been saving all my socks that have worn out heels. What if you, yeah, what if toes. you just started taking those apart and sewing them, and then as you got more, yeah, just add to it, Yeah, that's what I should do. Yeah. But I just haven't done it yet. I know. Um, Best laid plans and all that. I know. <laughs> So I'm going to do that. I got this crazy rayon from Stone Mountain. Um, that's, it's this, it's this, yeah, it has some faces in it. It's like crazy. Oh yeah, you made something out of it already. No. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. You just sent me a picture of it. I sent a picture of the rayon and I'm going to make another Santa Fe, woven Santa Fe top. Okay. Because I really like that blouse I made. And that is, what is, that's... It's a Hey June pattern. Hey June pattern. And it's you supposed like to be patterns. for a knit, but... It works. It works great for, for a woman because it's so oversized. Um, and so I'm going to sew that. And I love my wool pants number ones for the winter, but I need to make some leg warmers because... <laughs> I feel like the extra volume on the bottom means that you're going to have cold legs, which is, <laughs> sounds crazy, but it's true. Uh, I should, I ha I'm not taking my leg warmers. I should uh, just let you have my leg warmers for this winter. <laughs> um, I actually cast on for um, a pair of leg warmers from the Wooleries. Oh, that is yeah. going to be awesome. So, I'm excited to finish this. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. So, just leg warmers, not socks, because at some point I thought... No, just leg warmers. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Yay! Yay! Okay. Well, this is our last in-person recording for a while, but uh. Uh, we're going to figure out how to do this remotely. Yes. Um, it might be that we, we figured out that we can record, um, from two different places. So we will definitely try that. And, uh, there may be An some, echo. Ad some additional segments. I, th I think if Adrian really takes to knitting, we'll have, uh, updates from him and maybe Jenny, <laughs> we can have some of our, uh, our knitting group on as guest hosts. Um, we'll see what we can work out over the next few months. Yes. Um, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey. If you don't already know, or just discovered this podcast, you can find show notes and previous episodes at stashandburton.com. If you haven't already received this information, you can follow us on Instagram at stashandburton. Nicole has a personal travel Instagram at myplaceofthearcade, and Jenny can be found on Instagram at jennycheck. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a voice message or question at anchor.fm slash stash dash and dash 